Welcome into Inside the Den, your look inside Lee's McRae Athletics. Inside the Den is produced for the sole purpose of keeping Bobcat fans in the know and can be found on our website, lmcbobcats.com, or on SoundCloud. Just search Lee's McRae Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tim Hall. We are back inside the den here at Lee's McRae Athletics, and today's guest is Shane Calvert of the men's soccer team. Shane, how are you? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me and uh, getting ready for Christmas. So, you know, it's a great time of year and just ready to see some family and, and you know, talk to some friends and be an exciting time. You know, I wasn't going to talk about this. You mentioning Christmas, us having this break. We never get a break as coaches, really, when you when you get right down to it. But uh, they these breaks are nice, aren't they? They are. You know, we do – Taylor and Ferris and I will be on the road recruiting quite a bit during the break, mm. you know, but – like even yesterday, you know, my wife has Wednesdays off and we were actually able to kind of just have a have a date night and be able to go to Charlotte and we did some Christmas lights at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. And oh. It was just fun. I mean, because it's things you don't normally get to do. During, I mean, we're, you know, typically we're seven days a week, especially during the season. Yep. So having a having a break for a little bit is great because you just kind of reset and get ready and get the energy back and get ready for the spring. Yeah, I I usually try to travel a little bit, just go and visit and see friends and, and – get away even though i love staying here uh it's hard this place is hard to leave sometimes especially when the weather is as nice as it, ha- as it has been lately but yeah these breaks that's one of the really nice perks i think of being a coach is the summer it's just yeah you're working you're recruiting you're still doing a lot of little administrative things but it's just much less stressful and you get to choose all right how i'm going to invest the day and uh, it's not filled with, uh, yeah, the the activity of campus being alive and practicing games and travel and on and on. So I I really love this particular break, um, probably more so than the summer. Uh, all right, so we're going to talk about your season wrapped up. It's been a, a few weeks since uh, the season ended, but uh, yeah, you have you have you and the squad men's soccer team. Uh, Nine and six and two this season. That's a big jump forward from last year. We won't talk about that. But, uh, but yeah, after the struggle of last year, this had to be satisfying to you to make such a big improvement. Um, yeah, how did it feel to just be able to, to turn it around and be going in a direction where you're like, all right, this is all, it's all paying off. You know, even though last year was rough, you know, as far as our record goes, you know, you could see signs that it was coming. We had some – we were we had a lot of injuries last year, you know, a lot of kids dealing with COVID issues, you know, like, like we all were. But, you know, we, we wound up winning that last game of the season in the spring, um, you know, in overtime. It was, a, it was a thriller. And you could just see the momentum rolling in. You know, I, I'll be honest with you, I really felt this season was going to be different as soon as our guys got here in August. We were more fit than we'd been. Uh, players were more focused in training. We brought in 18 new kids this year, and um, you know that was that was a big help because when you bring in so many new kids, you we had established over the last few years the culture that we wanted, and finally had that going. But now you got to integrate so many kids into that. But you know our captains were tremendous this year. The culture immediately took off from day one. You know the the accountability. You know the standards were set. Um, you know, and, and I told our guys in the preseason that the game, the teams that I've been a part of have been the most successful are the ones where the coaches never have to motivate you for training or games. 
you know, all coaches want to motivate and everything, but our guys came to training every single day wanting to get better. So to your point on that, uh, this is something that uh, Sean Weddle and I spoke about in the last podcast. Uh, how much more fun is it as a coach to work with, to encourage, to to help guide and all athletes who are highly self-motivated without you doing anything? The difference in that and working with someone who struggles with motivation. I mean, we all have our certain level of energy that we have every day. And, you know, when you're having to expand a lot of energy on just getting players motivated, it's taken away from your energy as a coach. So when you walk out, I mean, to be honest, I never had a single day this year where I was like, oh, I got to go to practice. It was like, oh, man, I got to wait two more hours before practice starts. This group of guys and this family that we have with this team, it was it, – it's special. And, you know, being able to go out there, just you're in a better mood because you know you're not going to have that frustration of somebody not giving their best. You know, we talk about all the time that – Give us your best. It's something I learned from Coach Polson when I was coaching at Walford. You know, my best today after I've had a few weeks off is pretty dang good. But my best after I've had finals or after I've had exams or I stayed up all night studying or a big paper is not going to be my max. But this team really bought into the concept of giving everything you got today. Give 100% of what you got today. Even our injured guys, you know, coming out to practice, being a part of it, working hard on the sidelines, doing things they had to get back in – Everybody truly bought into, I will give you 100% of what I have today. And um, I think that makes a world of difference. It makes the training sessions more fun. You know, it makes for not only for the coaches, but for the players too, because they know, you know, if I give my best, the guy beside me is giving his best. So we're getting better every mm -hmm. single day. Well, you know, our performances, as you just mentioned, as a coach or even as a player, performance isn't static. No. You know, it is stochastic, it is up, it's down. You want it to be balanced. You want to have those peak moments. But, um, yes, highly self-motivated athletes, though, tend to perform better in all areas. And uh, I think just in general, to your point about energy, they're the most fun to be around, Yeah, you know, as a teammate, as a coach, as anything. So to those out there listening of the younger variety, even us older folks, uh, yeah, the energy you bring, um, you know, really does matter when it comes to preparation especially preparation, because that's going to then, you know, show itself on the field when you're performing. Yeah, and I thought our guys did a great job of just of focusing and and really really making this the priority. You know, we talk about all the time, number one thing is family. Number two is your academics. Number three is, is this team. But we call our team a family, so it kind of rolls it back to number one all the time. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we were, you know, even – I mean, we even had freshmen that stepped up as leaders this year. And so it's just a great group of guys, and it's a group that – you know, I can't wait till they get back here in January and get to see them. You know, we're going to miss those guys who graduated and left. You know, those are, you know, it was a special bond this year. But I think the foundation and the culture that we've, we've tried to get built here is now here. And I think it's here to stay. And I think you're going to see that help us on the field as we go forward. So you say that everybody came in. I think your team is like mine. We come in and have a, a preseason camp before classes start and – you know, the vibe, right then the vibe starts, and that sets the tone. Uh, and you talked about some of the key reasons for what you feel like was, all right, you could tell a difference. Once the season got going, though, you play that, I think you maybe start off with some exhibitions, and then you get the season going. Uh, were there any turning points in the season where something happened or a game where you just you knew right then, uh-oh, we, we got something special that we can build on here for the rest of the season? 
I really think it started with our first regular season game. We played a very good Clayton State team that was highly ranked, and we started seven freshmen that game. First two guys off the bench were freshmen. And we went down one nothing, came back and tied it up, went down 2-1, to one, came back and tied up. We wound up tying the game 2-2. Two to two. And not that we're the type of program that's satisfied with, with just tying games, but it was the fight that our guys had. You know, as we went into overtime, you know, I made the comment, let's, let's go for the win. I'm not here for the tie. And our guys, after playing, I mean, it was hot. We played down in Greenville, South Carolina at, um, at the Mesa Soccer Complex that's run by CESA, which is a great club that we recruit from a lot. And, um, you know, but it was hot. We're not used to it. I mean, it was um, – I think it was high 90s. Mm. You know, we're – you think our guys will be dead, kind of heads down, but when I said, hey, we're going for the win, we're going to push numbers forward, I mean, they were – the uproar of them, the excitement, you know, I think that kind of shook Clayton State, you know, them thinking, okay, we got to fight here, you know. Mm-hmm. And they were a great team, but, you know, it was a great battle. I mean, I think they had – Clayton State, I'm, I may be mistaken, but I think they had two guys that wound up being on the All-American team. Oh. You know, so it was a good result. But, you know, seeing that and getting on the bus on the way back and seeing that even though we just played a, a very good team and got a tie out of it, we weren't satisfied, mm-hmm. especially with such a young team. And so we came back. We struggled in our second game of the year. You know, we did not play well. Um, you know, and then from about the third game on, you kind of knew. And then especially the night that we – our first conference game was on the road against Converse, a team that's – it's a new program, really good coach, you know, um, a lot of good players, a lot of transfer kids. I mean, you know, they're a lot of, a lot of older guys, graduate school transfers that were starting for them. It's a tough place to play, and we went on the road, and and we were able to get the result. And um, from that point on, it was like, okay, this was a game that we we knew we wanted to win and needed to win, and our guys got it done. And then we kind of started started rolling, you know, and um, you know had a couple of hiccups along the way, but you know it was it was really a special year. You know, we we got hammered in one game this year. I'm not gonna lie, just absolutely got punched in the face early, and. You know, in the locker room after the game, I didn't yell at them. I just told the guys, I said, you know, yes, our season will be defined by today. But it's not that, you know, we got two choices. We can be defined by the result of what happened today or we can look back and say this was the moment that we said, okay, we're better than this. we got to move forward. And that's what we did. You know, we – the next – you know, within the next two weeks, we went on the road and beat the number one team in the conference, you know. Uh, and it was – from that point, you know, you just kind of kept seeing this team just getting better and better and better. I think what really jumps out, what you're saying right there and telling that story of the early season is, isn't it interesting how each team is unique every year? Each team is unique. Uh, and you go through moments like that where, yeah, you have to keep fighting back, get in the game, fight back, get in the game. And you learn which teams and which people, they either fight or they fold. And no one, I don't think at this level, just totally gives in and gives up. I, I, don't, I haven't seen that. But you do see how some teams, some individuals uh, just have that little bit more fight in them that can, can carry a team forward, and, they, and then it's contagious. Uh, and so that's what jumps out as you're talking about that, is just that are you going to fight for this or, or are you going to fold? And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see. It's fun to watch, really, when you've got players uh, who – are in fight mode, no matter what, even if you're up by five, you know, you're in fight mode. And so uh, you get through the season, you keep rocking and rolling, uh, make it to the quarterfinals of the conference championship uh, against Belmont Abbey, uh, but lost one to nothing in a heartbreaker. 
And, you know, I know that's a tough loss. Uh, you know, Callie and women's soccer went through a similar experience. And, you know, I'd asked her, uh, you know, what what was her message to the team after the game? So I'm curious for you, too, being, you know, you and she going into that game with, with a lot of confidence and then you just don't achieve the result that you were, you know, ex- trying to execute on. Yeah, what was your message to the team and what do you anticipate how they're going to utilize that for the future? You know, I think the hardest part of being a coach and the worst day every year as a coach is that that final game. You know, we we all do this, you know, and and you know, I've said it before that, you know, as being a college coach, you're you're a bit of a sadistic person because you develop this relationship with these kids. You're going into a relationship knowing that it's going to end. There's going to be a breakup in four years, you know, <laughs> um, because you're going to have to say goodbye to those guys. And, you know, we'll stay, stay in contact with our alums, and, and these guys will always be a part of this family. But you don't get to spend the 20, 30, 40 hours a week with them that you did in the past, mm. you know. And, um, you know, it's, it's the hardest day of the year when you've got to go talk to those guys, you know, when the game's ended. You know, the, the hurt on the, on the guys, I mean, you know, we really had – a lofty goal this year of we wanted to we wanted to compete for a conference championship and with a four seed put ourselves in position you know and, and unfortunately came up short against Belmont Abbey you know but it was the, the message to those it was a kind of a two-part message the message was of great thanks and uh and great love for those guys whose careers had just ended you know um but it was also about you know okay look at where we were and look at where we are now and if we can continue to make, you know, strides the way we did over the last – I mean, that's the other thing that I think, you know, typically in a season you play in the fall and then, you know, you come back and you, you've got a year, you play – you know, you can get better in the spring and then the next fall. We didn't have that. You know, we went spring, you know, our last game was in April and then turn around and we're back here, you know, early August. So the turnaround was huge, but it was more of, of just telling those seniors thank you for what they've done, you know, um, we had a senior, um, Johannes Oxnavad, who, you know, we call him Jojo. Jojo decided to come back for his COVID year. He is an extremely bright young man. I mean, he actually just was named uh, Academic All-American for the second time. Wow. You know, so two years in a row, being the first. He's the first Lee's McCray student to ever get it twice. You know, and, I mean, he's first team both years. But, you know, his, his senior – or what was his senior year back in the spring, you know, Jojo – he was he was huge for us on the field, but just didn't get the the results of the accolades. You know, he didn't was unable to score. We came out this year, scored nine goals, and led the team. You know, in scoring, made all conference again. You know, again made the academic all American team. But being able to see the fact that he trusted us and he had such a love for for these players on this team and this and this family that we've created to come back. You know, kind of really delay his life for six months to be more a part of this, but to see him to be able to have that that success. You know. Um, Cameron Morton's another one who who could have graduated and came back for that. You know, we all are kind of labeling super seniors now with this mm. COVID issue. Yeah. Um, you know, he came back and, and had a tremendous season, you know, and, and made some memories. And, and, you know, he battled for us every day, battled through injuries, played a ton of minutes for us and was a key piece for the success we had this year. And, you know, it's things like that that are just – as a coach, you know, you, you're going to miss those guys, you know, but – it's stories that we're all going to be able to tell each other for the rest of our lives and, and the way things worked out. So, um, you know, that's what the message was, though, basically, was, you know, hey, thanks, we love you, you're always a part of this family, and the group, you know, that's that's coming back, all right, you know, this hurt. Mm. You know, this was painful. You know, this was, I mean, my wife literally, I mean, I was, you know, 
I, I probably didn't eat a whole lot for a couple of days afterwards just because I was so disappointed that it had ended. Not disappointed in the guys because right. they gave everything. Right. But just disappointed that the journey yeah, had ended. It's over. Yeah. Um, you know, but now, okay, how do we, you know, how do we make sure we don't feel this again? You know, we had some opportunities in that game to, to score some goals that could have maybe put it out of reach and were unable to finish those. But, you know, our guys fought to the very, very bitter end. I mean, I looked up and they're – we had a throw – or they had a throw in with probably eight seconds left, and our guys are stepping, pressing, just trying to, you know, just trying to do what they can to, to be successful. You know, and that's what I'm most proud about this team is they don't quit, you know. and um, But now how do we – how do we take that result? How do we put that feeling, you know, in our memory bank and make sure that we don't feel that feeling again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you had four players that made all-conference, and you referred to one. Plus you had – uh, the Conference Carolina Freshman of the Year, Daniel Garville. I'm not Garvilla. That, Garvilla. Garvilla. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, share what those four guys meant to the team's success, and and how everyone else. I mean, you've you've got to be going. You got to be going pretty well to get on the All Conference team, and that had to be, uh, you know, an infectious energy. Back to energy. You know, what was their impact on the team that helped? the success this year. You know, it's funny when when you look at those guys that made all conference, there's a there's something special that there's a special kind of backstory to all of them. You know, we've talked about JoJo's scenario and, and how special that was. You know, Zach Aversano made first team all conference this year. And Zach's a kid that I actually recruited back when I was at Walford and it committed to Walford. And then when I left there and when he decided to transfer from Walford, you know, he um I'll never forget the day he he called me and said, I promised you a championship. I guess I need to do that at least McCray now. <laughs> you know, and he's a captain for us, a yeah. tremendous player. Um, you know, he has actually decided to take advantage of the COVID you know, extra year, and he's going to come back next year and remain a captain and be a leader for us. I mean, fantastic player. Um, you know, Daniel Garvilla, him and his brother both, Josh, they're twins. Um, yeah, they came here, you know, this is their freshman year. Josh, we talked earlier about the when we, we beat Mount Olive on the road. I mean, Josh, in, in soccer terms, stood on his head as a goalkeeper. You know, tremendous game for him, kept us in. It was named the Conference Player of the Week after that. You know, and then Daniel to go on and be the Freshman Player of the Year. You know, both those guys that actually played for me when I was at Darlington. Um, you know, real special, the relationship I have with those guys. I mean, it was just – it's something that I'll, you know, never take for granted, uh, the fact that they decided to come here as well. And then Nate Phillips making all-conference. You know, Nate was the first player that that I ever signed here at Lee's McCray. Mm. And Nate's another kid who played for me at Darlington. And – and him and his family have been so supportive, you know, just such a special young man, you know, somebody that, you know, you just, you see that him, him receive an accolade like that when he came here, when it wasn't the popular choice to come here. I mean, you look at these 18 guys we signed this year. I mean, coming off the season we had last year, nobody was like, oh, cool, man, you're going to Lee's McCray. Everybody's like, oh, okay, Lee's McCray struggled last year. But they came in, they, right. you know, and they, they had a mission to change the narrative, and that's what they did. You know, so for those four guys to be recognizing, I mean, we had a couple other guys that we we hoped would have gotten some recognition who had tremendous seasons this year. Um, you know, but that's it was just a for those guys to get it and for there to be a little bit of a a little bit of behind the scenes story with all four of them that that you don't normally see. And I mean, you see those things pop up, great man. Lee McCray had four guys making you know one of the all conference teams. Yeah. But then now understanding that these kids are are also. They're, they're students, they're human beings, they're family members, you know, the, the trials and tribulations they've gone through to get to this point, which yeah. has also made it special. Yeah. You know, I had this um, in the episode I was talking with uh, Steve Harden. We're talking about London, England, and his story. You know, he's the class president here at Lees McRae, and uh, I think something jumps out 
in his story, as well as these young men you're talking about, is it sounds like there's a lot of intentionality there. You know, they're, they're coming here. I think every athlete intends to do well, but we, we and we were all athletes, you know, still are. Uh, we don't always uh, intentionally do all the right things we need to do to be who we can possibly be. And, uh, yeah, what is it you think about those four? Uh, and like you said, you have others too. Of course, I think if you won conference and moved on in the tournament, as you know, the teams that are most successful are going to put the most players on those teams, those all-conference those all conference and all-American teams. Um, I mean, do you see intentionality? Do, do you, can you – one, in regards to these young men, but just more broadly, uh, back to one, self-motivation, intention, and how much these intangibles – like we as coaches know and see these things, but, and we try to impart it upon the athletes, but – they tend to overlook it because they're just looking at, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to play hard. It's like, uh, that's part of it. But you need these other intangibles. You know, when I was when I was in high school, I had a coach tell us, you know, we were having some success, and he said, you know, you got to block out the noise. You know, and I remember um, when I was coaching at, at Clemson as an assistant with Mike Noonan, who they actually just won the national championship this weekend. I got oh, to be there. Wow. That, was, that was special getting huh. to see those guys win that championship. Um but I remember him making a comment, you know, we, we had lost in the Sweet 16 after, after winning the ACC championship that year. And he said to the guys as we were going through the ride in the NCAA tournament, those who really love you will always love you, you know, and, and, but you got to block out the noise. You know, and I think that that's what part of it is. I cannot imagine being a 18 to 23-year-old, you know, guy or girl this age, you know, with all the social media and everything, I mean, when you and I were in high school and college, we didn't have to worry about that part, mm-hmm. you know, but there's so much noise, you know, when, when a player, when we were recruiting guys and, and, you know, I cannot give enough credit to, to Taylor Morton and Ferris there from my two assistants on how hard they work on the recruiting trail and the building the relationships, you know, but when you're talking to those guys and they're like, you know, oh, okay, you're, you know, you guys were one in seven last year, you know, <laughs> um, you know, but the, the showing the vision, you know, and, and sharing the vision and, the current players that were on the roster last year that, you know, knew that this train was going to turn around and having those guys, you know, hey, you know, you should come here. You know, this is going to be something – we're going to do something special here. You know, things are going to get better. You know, we hit rock bottom. You know, and the only, the good part about hitting rock bottom is you move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only go up. You know, and that's what we were able to do this year. But, you know, it's it really goes back to, you know, we – you know, I got the label as a head coach, but I'm a piece of the puzzle. My piece is the middle one that connects everything, but it's no more important than anybody else's. And that's the way we try to tell our guys and, and, and empower our guys, you know, from a leadership standpoint, you know, that this is – we're all part of it, you know. And, um, you know, but getting these guys to just really buy into getting better and, and to, to, be the, to be the players they can be, you know. And, and that's where this team was good this year because we did not have to motivate them. Those guys woke up and wanted to play. You know, we lost on Saturday night, you know, in a heartbreaker. And I live really close to the campus, and I have to drive by the soccer field to get to my house. And on Sunday, you know, I'm I'm moping around, and I drive by, and you know, there's eight of my guys out there playing pickup. And that that's what tells me, okay, we're gonna be fine. You know, we're gonna move forward. Our guys are ready to go. Let's get moving. Let's let's not have this feeling again next year. Yeah, yeah, that is exciting. You know, that is exciting. Um, all right, so one last thing. And, and, you know, I think you've partly, I think with a lot that you've shared about the team this year and uh, the culture, the energy, 
the focus, the intention that the players are – it's all coming together. Uh, but you as a coach, aside from going out there and doing better, winning the conference championship next year, you know, what are you most looking forward to to the 22 uh, season? It's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm excited about seeing us, take, us taking the next step, but not just as, as, a, as a team, but each individual player. You know, again, like I said, we started seven and eight freshmen almost every game this year. You know, this will be our first – since I got the job here at Lees McRae, this will be the first spring season I actually have, you know, because of, of the COVID issues mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, you know, and I remember Craig making the comment to me, you know, that that you find out, you know, how good a coach is by how much they develop in the spring. And so we're about to find out, you know, if I <laughs> if yeah. we can get this done. But, um, you know, the thing is, is that I'm excited about – Seeing these guys take another step, you know, I think the maturity that some of our players did this took the steps they took this year maturity wise was incredible, you know. And how do we do that in the spring now when the games are scrimmages, you know? But you know, it's where we can focus on us for the next four months and not have to worry about just focusing on the opponent so much and everything. So I think I'm most excited about seeing some of these younger guys take that next step, you know. You know, we've talked to Brandon, you know, our, our string conditioning coach, and we've got a goal set for every single player in that weight room. You know, and that takes buying in. That takes eating better. That takes, you know, being a part of it. That's going to be some early mornings and some late nights. But, you know, how do we take this whole program and this family to the next step? And we're going to do it off the backs of a lot of young players. But we've got, you know, we talked earlier about um, Zach Eversano coming back. Um, as a uh, He'll be a, a six-year senior now for us and as a captain. You know, we named um, Fletcher Dyson the captain going in for next year, and who's actually a freshman out of England. And, you know, but he's made such a huge impression on the team that, you know, once you're here, I don't really look at if you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, it's about who's the right fit on the field, who's the right fit in that locker room, who are the right leaders. You know, and we're, we're excited and ready to go. And I think we've got two great leaders that are going to help us move forward and captains. And I think we've got a great staff with Taylor Ferris and Gus Peterson who are going to, you know, really help us become the better team that we need to be and, and hopefully go into next year. I mean, first game of the season next year, we're playing Lander. And Lander's a perennial top ten team in the country. But, you know, it's time for us to step up and play teams like that mm-hmm. and, you know, and see where we're at. Yeah. Well, uh, great, great talking to you. Uh, great, great job on the turnaround this year. Thank and you. Uh, I know you didn't do it by yourself and, and that the kids – uh, you know, really, we're 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 just guiding the ship. It's like you know, just keeping the keeping the trains on the track, so to speak, and and helping them be who that they can be, and just instilling in them that you can be this. And and it sounds like, yeah, you've you've got that you've got that train rolling, ships going in the right direction. Whatever metaphor you can come up with, <laughs> it's there. But uh, man, I'm happy for you and the team and, and the direction that you're going. And I appreciate you being on Inside the Den today and sharing that story. Thank you. Well, uh, Merry Christmas to all those out there in Bobcat Nation, and uh, go Bobcats. Go Bobcats. To listen to this episode again or to find previous episodes, go to our website, lmcbobcats.com, or find us on SoundCloud by searching Lees McRae Athletics. And as always, go Bobcats. Go Bobcats.